Welcome to the Smiles Matter podcast by Microdental Laboratories. I'm Laura Kelly, and it's my pleasure to host Comeback Strategies for today's dental practice. When this ends, and it will end, I'm very confident of you know of how we our nation is handling it, how Hawaii is handling it. When this ends, I want to keep my my machine on first, second gear so that I can ramp up instantly. Because when you close shop, then you are already at a standstill. And as we know for businesses, when you're at a standstill, you're actually going backwards. Hawaii, known for its magnificent and endless natural beauty, is also known for its relatively small population living in the only U.S. island state. While there are only about a thousand general dentists currently active in Hawaii, this is a land where there is no absence of top talent. One of the dentists leading a commitment to world-class dentistry is Dr. Winnakuda, who has been focused on life-changing treatments in the cities of Honolulu and Oahu for the last 28 years. Rich native culture, art, and music, fusion cuisine, and heavenly beaches have turned Hawaii into a world-renowned destination for tourists. But is this paradise exempt from the effects of an economic downturn or the challenges that we're facing today? I am pleased to introduce Dr. Winnakuda, a native of Hawaii. Dr. Akuda graduated from the Oregon Health and Science University in 1988. He is past president and an accredited fellow of the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry, a fellow of the International College of Dentists, a fellow of the International Congress of Oral Implantologists, and a former executive council member for the International Federation of Aesthetic Dentistry. Dr. Winnakuda is the aesthetic dentistry expert to the National Dental Expert Advisory Board of the AGD, and he is also on the editorial advisory board for both Dentistry Today and Inside Dentistry Publications. He has been a keynote speaker at numerous conferences and universities around the world, and has also been featured in publications that include the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Shape Magazine, Better Homes and Gardens, Lucky, and the Reader's Digest. For 13 consecutive years, Dr. Akuda has been voted by the people of Hawaii as the best cosmetic dentist in Hawaii in the Honolulu Star Advertiser. In addition, every year since 2003, he has been selected by his peers in Honolulu Magazine's Best Dentists of Hawaii. Dr. Akuda is also a co-founder of the Give Back a Smile program, a national charitable foundation of the AACD, and is founder of the Pan Pacific Dental Academy. Welcome, Dr. Winnakuda. Thank you for joining us today. The pleasure is mine, Laura. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you so much for being willing to just during these challenging times is really share a little bit about your perspective and strategies that you're actually applying now. But before we get started, I really want to know, and you can share with our listeners, how did you become interested in dentistry? It's kind of an interesting beginning because it started as a child. Ironically, I wanted to become a dentist because of the bad experiences that I've had as a child being a dental patient. And so I had a lot of bad dental experiences, no anesthetic given. I don't know if you remember the old drill with the belt, the belt-driven types of drills. I had that being used on me by my dentist with no anesthetic. And so those bad scars kind of led me to my beginnings to finally say to myself, there's got to be a better way of treating people, not teeth, but people. And so that's where I started becoming tunnel vision towards dentistry. I volunteered from that point for about seven years at the uh, St. Francis Hospital Dental Center through my high school and college years. 
And then from there, just wanted to confirm that, okay, dentistry is the type of work that I want to do. And sure enough, that's what led me to it. That's interesting. It's nice to learn that about you. We've known each other for a really long time and that was new to me. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And just, you're in Hawaii. There's what, about a thousand dentists in your community. And you know, you've been through challenges. You've had challenges during your career, 9-11, 2008. What strategies, you know, what have you learned from your previous challenges and what strategies are you employing today for the stability of your practice and your outlook moving out of this? From a long time ago, you know, my mother was a business person. And so I would always listen to see how she was doing things. She would always talk to my dad about how her day went. And she eventually became a general manager of jewelry shops in Waikiki, many jewelry shops, about 10 or 11 jewelry shops. She was a general manager of that. And so she was managing many different people, of course, the different jewelry shops to see their performances and all of that. So I really got hearing what she did. And so I realized a long time ago how, you know, practice management and business was really important in anything. And so I focused in on practice management and the business of dentistry from the very beginning. That's something that I was really kind of, to me, was the important part. So when I went to dental school, they asked, what is dentistry? And everyone would say dentistry is oral health. Dentistry is healthcare. Dentistry is making people smile. What I would say is dentistry is a business. And so that's kind of the funny thing, how my mindset was already. And so I think I was kind of built for these types of moments because my focus had been always on business. And I was very fortunate when I was in my last year of dental school to learn about practice management from a person from the Bay Area, Denny de St. George. She offered to all seniors when she came to Oregon, she offered to us to be able to listen in on her lectures, all day lectures for free. I was one of the few that actually took her on that. And so she had a series of six lectures. And with that, I was the only one there for all six lectures. So you can kind of imagine dentists aren't really attuned to business. That's not their primary focus. Their primary focus is on clinical and it still is always on clinical. But guess mm-hmm. what? In these hard times, you got to be good at practice management and business because your clinical dental skills will not save you in these situations. So I encountered different crises through my 32 years of practice. And, you know, one of the crises, the first one was the economic bubble burst from Japan. Now, as you mentioned at the very beginning, Hawaii is a tourist destination. And, you know, when the economic bubble burst in Japan, it affected Hawaii's tourism in the 90s very profoundly. And so you would think, well, how does that affect everyone? Well, if you have very little Japanese coming in because they don't have the money to come to Hawaii anymore, then it affects hotels and the hotel workers get laid off. And then the restaurant people get laid off. And then, you know, it just domino effects all the way through and reverberates through Hawaii. And so back then I was still dependent upon the local economy because I was maybe about you know, in the mid 90s, I was only about maybe seven, eight years out of dental school. At that point, it made me realize I have to do something different here. And so one of the things I did was become accredited in 1995 with the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. And then from there, amazingly, I started seeing some patients flying in to see me for my cosmetic dentistry since there wasn't a lot of dentists accredited along the West Coast area. That's where I started to realize wow, you know what, diversify the dentist practice as that was considered a community-based type of business, but the dentist practice as a destination. So that's where I started to think about this idea. So I started to think about diversification of my patient base. 
from that point. Again, utilizing my business strengths and practice management strengths, I started to develop ideas of what I consider now my clinical technique, which is considered now what I call the accelerated treatment protocols. And so these are things that I not only practice on a daily basis, but I teach that too through the Pan Pacific Dental Academy. Because in the end of the day, why these techniques are important, patients don't want to keep on seeing the dentist every week for the next six months. So if you can condense treatment into two or three visits that may have taken nine visits traditionally, then you got something going there. Now you're able to condense not just the clinical aspects, but also the monetary remuneration aspects of it too. So a lot of the dollar per hours and all of that start changing in the business of dentistry. And so those are things that I think help move me forward. But, you know, I really give a lot of credit to the ACD because they really gave me the opportunity towards understanding and being able to develop this. So that by the time I got to 9-11, then I noticed I wasn't affected And so because I already started diversifying, I wasn't affected by that 9-11 crisis as much because I started noticing patients coming in from different other countries. That was kind of the interesting thought. And again, it taught me that, okay, I can be okay through a crisis. Then that led me to thinking, I need to really tighten up the screws of my practice. What is the next move? I always am thinking of this, Laura, and I know you do too. It's like, what's the next thing? What's the next vision? And I think that's the hallmark of creative people like you and I, and a lot of our friends from the ACD, from the yesteryear, the guys who are the pioneers and the trailblazers, my mentors like Larry Rosenthal and Dan Maeda, guys like Dean Lodding and Guy Lewis, Dennis Wells, Ross Nash, and yourself. You folks are all pioneers in different regards. You're the first female ACD president and the first lab technician. Talk about amazing to me. I bow to that, you know, because you had to fight a lot of different battles on your regard in order to climb that ladder, just like I had to in a certain way, being Japanese American. We both have kind of similarities, but in different ways in having to climb the ladder and being a leader for the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. Then going back to then this thing about post 9-11 is that I started thinking, well, I don't know what I don't know. So that's where after 9-11, I said, I've got to see what's the next thing. And so that's why I decided I need to call one of our colleagues, Roger Levin. At that time, he had already established the Levin Group, which was the biggest practice management group in the country and going internationally. And so I talked with Roger and uh, since he's good friends with all of us, and then I decided to send my team and I, you know, to a series of lectures to learn from the Levin Group. And then I ended up doing a lot with probably, I think it was over maybe seven years You know, we used to do think tanks together. I used to go sometimes three, four times a year and work with his team to do think tank sessions. These are things that are visionary, what I call the blue ocean strategy. What's next? You know, what is the next big thing? And it's always about reinventing. That's the thing that I always tend to do. I try to reinvent myself every once in a while. And a crisis is a great time to figure out what your reinvention of yourself will be. Dr. Okuda, with all of your experience, your commitment to education, you know, really differentiating yourself and your community to have a very successful aesthetic practice there in Hawaii, is there any comeback strategies that you've executed in the past to rebuild your practice? Or what are you focusing on now during this particular time period that you could pass along to maybe some of the younger dentists or people that are thinking about, gosh, what should I be focusing on right now? I can tell you that in a moment, but I tell you that First of all, my philosophy has always been to be proactive in business, especially what I come to find the reason why 
I don't get, okay, like during the Great Recession of 2008, because I had prepared my practice prior to that, I did not get hit by the recession of 2008. Oddly enough, as everyone was going bankrupt, I was actually each year from 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, each of those years, my practice got, I was producing more, I was collecting more, I was doing the best. It was odd. And I almost felt embarrassed at first, like, why am I doing so great? And everyone else is doing so badly. And I think it's because of my philosophy of how I approach business from a proactive point of view. So with that, you know, that's why it's been eight years since the Great Recession, at least for Hawaii. And now here we are with this horrible COVID virus, and it's affecting a lot of practices around the world, not just in America, but around the world. And so we need to approach this problem creatively from a business point of view. This is a time that you can either hide in the back of the cave and close shop, or you can take this time to be bold and become a leader, be a leader for your team, be a leader for your business. And that's how I am. And I've always been that way. I've always looked at this as an opportunity towards showing my team that I'm going to lead them through these troubled water. I even told them we're in a lifeboat. We're in a lifeboat of survival together. All the way till now, I'm still employing my staff. I've never let them go. I've never put them into an unemployment line. And I think that's really important. The knee-jerk reaction was to go ahead and close shop and everyone goes to the unemployment line. But you can see how many people are in unemployment. So my team, they thank me every day because I am employing them. To me, that's going to amount to the word loyalty, I think. That's one thing that I think is so critical for businesses because when you lose people, it's because they found something better because of the lack of loyalty. But when you show that you got their back, and it's nothing like a crisis to show them you got their back, that amounts to loyalty. The second thing is that when they start thinking the grass is greener on the other side, then they'll realize this guy, he is the real deal. I need to stick with this guy. I want to have a career here with Timo Kuda. So that's how I always see, you know, so now with that, let me say some of the things that I have been doing also to try to offset this. You know, a lot of the things that we are trying to do here is I'm trying to tighten the screws of the practice. And part of it is strengthening the team. We spend times like I'll tell them, what do you want to learn? And we'll spend several hours a day and I'll have my whole team in my education room and we'll go over things of things they don't know, things that they're afraid to ask. We never had time to answer because of the whirlwind of our day-to-day practice before the COVID. But now we have some time that we allocate for that. And so now I'm educating my staff so that they are going to be stronger coming back. We're also looking at all our procedures to strengthen ourselves because when this ends, this crisis ends, and it will end, I'm very confident, you know, how we, our nation is handling it, how Hawaii is handling it. When this ends, I want to keep my machine on first, second gear so that I can ramp up instantly because when you close shop, then you are already at a standstill. And as we know for businesses, when you're at a standstill, you're actually going backward. So that's why I'm always trying my best to close shop. Certain things that I'm doing to offset, to be able to keep them there, is that I'm finding different ways of deferring different loans, different rents. So talking to my landlord about deferring, which he has done. So, you know, for the next several months, I'm deferring it till October, my rent. Also mortgages, being able to talk to your banker about deferring. If you have a business car loan or whatnot, or you have a just car loans, ask them to defer. Home mortgage, car insurance, professional liability insurance, all of those things. 
you can ask them. Don't expect anyone to come and knocking at your door and tell you, hey, I'm going to give you money. You have to ask them because I always think of it this way, Laura, that the squeaky wheel will get the oil. And because if you're not going to bother to ask, they're not going to bother to give you because they're going to give it to the guy who's asking. And especially at this time where you're at a bank and you have bank loans and you're loyal to that bank, you better believe it. They're going to help you. But if you don't ask, they're not going to just give you free money or defer. So take the time, even credit cards, try to see if that's something that you can defer. Also, at this time, you know, there's the economic injury disaster loan and the payroll protection program, the PPP loans. Those are things that dentists should be looking at. We apply for it. We got accepted. So I'm covering my team, my payroll on my team for the next several months. These are things that allow me to be able to then keep my doors open, keep my machine warm, my practice warm so that I'm ready. When this thing is over, we're going to hit the ground, not crawling. We're going to hit the ground running. That's how we recover. Because I always feel that it's not just about the disastrous itch um, problem. It's when you start to reopen the doors, you're going to have to pay money, pay more money, and you're not going to be making a whole lot of money. You're going to be paying money because you're at a standstill. So that's why I really highly encourage people to start looking at getting your team back in play earlier and to try to find creative ways of being able to do these things so that you're able to then come back strong. And that's what I'm looking at my team, coming back strong. So these are things that I try to teach. You know, I, I think I'm pretty darn good at clinical, but I think I'm pretty darn good at practice management and business. You know, that's one of the reasons why I felt that I needed to open this Pan Pacific Dental Academy to teach the next generation of millennial dentists and the younger generation of my experience and philosophy and proactive philosophy in order to be able to navigate through good times and bad times. And so if they're interested, anyone's interested out there, go to panpackdental.com. That's where we have a lot of videos on predictable clinical techniques, which I know a little bit about, Laura. I think you might agree with me on that. I think you do know a little bit <laughs> about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then also powerful practice management and then business development strategy. So these are things that what we're talking about falls in lines with the practice management and business development aspects, especially during a crisis. Like I was telling you earlier, it's an opportunity to stretch my wings, business acumen wings, especially during a crisis. There's no better way to test yourself. Really good information, good insight. And, you know, you talked about engaging with your team and using this time to teach and focus on some things that you, like you said, you know, you probably didn't have time before. So you're staying really engaged and supportive to your team. I'm curious, I know that you have a very well-established practice and strong patient base. Is there anything that you're doing specifically for patient engagement activities, anything with disinfection protocols you're looking at, anything that you're looking at doing differently or you're doing right now in regards to maybe what some of the patient's concerns will be? And this is where social media comes in. Interestingly, you know, it's kind of funny because I'm an old dog, but you can teach an old dog new tricks. And so, you know, the thing is that, you know, I used to be a young dog, Laura. <laughs> I used to be the youngest dog. Today, I'm still the youngest president of the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry has ever known. But the thing is that I'm just <laughs> gone, and so now I'm the older dog. But I will tell you, I am pretty darn strong with social media. I embrace Facebook and Instagram now. And so I'm going on, I go into live sessions, and I'm educating my audience of people who are listening about what we're doing at the practice. So we not only show great before and afters and patient journeys and things like that, but it's about also educating about what we are doing, you know, in order to 
help the public, like with treating um, urgent care, emergency care, and the protocols we do, the masks we wear, the protective type PPP, you know, the personal protective equipment that we use, and all of that so that they can feel safe. And we ask questions to each patient before they arrive. So we know that these patients are safe. So they don't come and create, we don't create an contagious environment. We want to try to keep that safe for my team. And that's part of the reason why my team is there because they believe in my leadership to say that these are our protocols. And, you know, we have patients do pre-rinses with 1.5% hydrogen peroxide. So we're doing all of these levels and details of protocols so that not only do the patients feel comfortable, but also the team feels comfortable. And that's why they're there at work. Because believe me, I think a lot of reasons why your staff does not want to come back to work is they may feel that the leadership is not strong that will help keep them protected. And that's where I think it all starts. And that's the thing that my business team and I, we sat down and we thought, these are the protocols we need to institute before we talk to the team about this. And then we embraced, we had our team meetings to educate them about how we're able to keep them protected. And then they all bought in. The only one that I cannot employ right now is my hygienist. You know, so that's the only person that I haven't found a solution for because she doesn't fit into the recommendation that's given. But the thing is that the rest of my team, I am trying to keep them all afloat. And we are all changing slightly our roles within. So like, for instance, I used to have a janitor come in every week. And now we had to cut that out. And then now my staff is cleaning up at the end of the week. Things like that. You're saving money, but you're using your employees in creative ways. Things like that that we're doing and how we're using social media to connect with the public so that they know in real time what we're doing and they can feel comfortable. That's nice. That's good to hear. I think a lot of people are really concerned about the health and safety of our employees and from our standpoint on the lab customers and then your patients. I mean, that's that's top of mind for us and that's number one as well. This has been a great conversation. And I just want to say, you know, in closing, is there anything that you would like to pass along to the audience? You're so inspiring, you know, the way that you lead and you speak. And I want to have you have just a few minutes for some closing comments of what you would just, you know, like to share so that people know where to focus right now. Thanks, Laura. You know, one thing that I want to say, and I think it's important, is that I think dentists who are owners, you need to learn to become leaders. And you need to be able to develop a team of people in your business so that you're able to take the time. In my team, we do weekly meetings every week before this virus because we're looking at things proactively. And how do you develop your business is so critical to the future. And so even after this is done, life as we know it, at least from our dental practices, will be totally different. And so how are you going to be able to get your team to feel comfortable? And if you're not, you know, these are things, these practice management and business types of things. If you're not comfortable, then join us at panpacdental.com, the Pan Pacific Dental Academy. Our website's called panpacdental.com because those are things that I like to teach. It's just, this is my version. Every one of you out there, you may have different situations, but if you're a young dentist and you don't know a lot about business, or if you just want to learn more about business and practice management, powerful ideas, please come to panpacdental.com. All you got to do is put in your email and we're good to go. You're able to go ahead and view all of our videos right now. Right now, we're having this free session. You can see all of our videos. That's great. Thanks for passing that along. It's really important. Thank you so much for taking the time with us today. And I, I can't wait to connect with you again 
you know, stay safe, healthy, and connected. And thank you so much, Dr. Akuda. Really appreciate your time. Can I say one more thing? You may. I want to thank you, Laura, because you are such a inspiring leader and you are there with our academy. You led them through some waters, I'll tell you. You've done tremendous things. I knew you before that, you know, when you were started off at Microdental Laboratories. And I still remember the time that we had my first version of the PanPak lecture back in 1998. So I appreciated your support back then. And remember, I remember those things. But then now what you're doing and leading Microdental Laboratories again, they're fortunate to have you because you're going to do great things and you are doing great things. And from a dental leader myself and you bringing us all together to help put together this series of podcasts to help other dentists, I think is phenomenal. And I applaud you for doing that. I'm honored to be a part of this profession with you and and everyone else out there. And I think we're all just pulling together and trying to help. And thank you for your kind words. But more importantly, thank you for being who you are and sharing what you have today. I think it's really useful and inspiring information. And thank you again. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. You've been listening to the Smiles Matter podcast created by Microdental and Modern Dental Laboratories. For more information, you can go to our website, www.microdental.com slash smilesmatterpodcast. Or find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are available. Thank you for listening, because we believe that smiles matter.